So there is a lot of passage. I will try not to force people to read every single passage. I will just give you where it's located and you can write it down and then on your own time, go back and, and, and look at it. So if I haven't mentioned already, which I haven't, that today's lesson or today's discussion will be based on the laying of hands. Um, if, we haven't, if you haven't studied about the laying of hands, I'm sure you've done it in prayer or I'm sure someone has laid their hands on you. Mm -hmm. So this, this shouldn't be a strange topic. At some point, you've, you've had some sort of interaction with the laying of hands, but I want to take it deeper and, and fully understand what the laying of hand actually is. So let's just leave all of our pre-understanding or pre-knowledge of laying of hands and then let's just start from the beginning. So the first example that when we, we come to when, it comes, when, uh, when we talk about the laying of hand is in the Old Testament. It, it, in Genesis 49, 13 through 14. But the first time that the laying of hand is mentioned is in Genesis 18, 13 through 20, right? And, and it's where you sense of, you hear the first time that there is a spiritual benefit to laying of hands. It's Jacob, he wants to take his son, Ephraim, and cannot pronounce his name properly, his other son, Man Manhase, whatever his name is. I'm sure somebody will read it correctly when we read the passage. He wants to take two of his sons to his father. And Joseph's father um, is Jacob. So Joseph is wanting to take two of his sons to his father. Um, what chapter? Sorry. Uh, Muki, uh, turn to Genesis 49, 13 through 14. Those are the two verses we're going to read. So Joseph wants to take his sons to his father. His father is Jacob, right? Joseph is Jacob's son. Jacob is also known as Israel. And he wants Israel, Jacob, uh, to lay his hands on his sons so he must he wants them. He wants his father to bless his sons, right? So he wants the grandfather of these two sons that he has. He wants the father to lay his hands on them and to bless them. So the first purpose and the first reason why people lay hands in the kingdom of God is for God's is, is for the purpose of evoking God's blessing on the purpose right, on the person, right? So it's when you bless someone in the kingdom of God, you lay your hands on them and you bless them. Uh, so Shadi, if you can read Genesis forty nine thirteen through fourteen. Mm, mm -hmm, mm. Genesis 49, 13 through, oh, you mean 48. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I looked at 49 and I was like, Me? are you sure? <laughs> but uh, okay, you said 13 and 14, right? Yes. Okay. Then he positioned the boys so... Uh, Ephraim was at Jacob's left hand, and Manasseh, Manasseh, Manasseh was at his right hand. But Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out to lay his hands on the boy's heads. So that so his right hand was on the head of Ephraim, the younger boy, and his left hand was on the head of Manasseh, the older. Yeah. Excuse me. So the first reason and and the first purpose of laying of hands in the biblical narrative is that. It's the way that people, older people, um, or whomever maybe, it's whenever they bless the people of the Lord, they pl they place their hands on them and they bless them. And we see that in Aaron, who is a priest, right? He puts his hands over his people or the people of the Lord, the Israelites, and he blesses them. And then Solomon also does the same thing. After seven years of spending time building the temple of the Lord, he's in prayer. And once he's done praying, he turns around to the people and he blesses them. Right. So this idea of like the laying of hands is to evoke God's blessing. 
Right? God is doing the blessing, but the, the person in authority, they, they extend the arm out and they bless them. God is providing, but that blessing sort of happens when someone is laying hands on them. So that's one way that we play when we place our hands on people is that we are blessing them, right? Like when our parents lay their hands on over our head or, or an elder places their hand over, our, over your head, they're blessing you. It's biblical. It's, it's, it's in the Bible that you're supposed to be blessed by your elders and the placing of hand makes sense in that moment. All right. It's also the Aaron I mentioned, Aaron lifted his hands and blessed the people. It's in Leviticus 9.22, if you just want to read it on your own time, because you can't get to every single one. So this Old Testament concept of the people of God placing their hands over people and blessing them, it's also a New Testament topic, right? It's a, it's a New Testament to- uh, concept as well. It's something that we're supposed to practice. And we know that beca- because Christ does the same thing. Christ lays, Christ lays his hands on people and he blesses them. And a specific passage is Mark 10. Um, and this is Jesus is blessing the children, right? He says, let the people bring the little children to me so in order he, he may touch them and bless them. And so he took them by his arms and hands and he blessed them. So the concept of blessing people by laying of hand, it's something that Christ also practices and he does this with the kids, right? So it's, it's in order to bless someone and to transfer that blessing, you would lay your hands on the person. So that's one concept, and it's a very short concept because I really want to move forward into the next portion. But if, if anybody wants to add something now when it comes to a blessing by laying of hands, this is your moment. Good. Makes sense. All right. So the second reason, and, and I, <clears throat> the second reason why the laying of hand was very important, this is only an Old Testament practice. Now, this is one way that we no longer do this, okay? We do not lay our hands for this purpose. But in the Old Testament, the laying of hand was very important when it comes to redemption, right? We are redeemed and we are saved through Christ Jesus. And we are cleansed through the blood of Christ Jesus. But the laying of hand was a practice where people needed to lay hands in order to be cleansed. But they weren't laying hands on each other. They were laying their hands on a sacrifice, so one way is for the sin of the, the priests and the sins of the nation to transfer from the person onto the animal. So in Exodus, I'll give you the chapter real quick. Aaron and his son, they lay their hands on the head of the bull so that the sacrifice, so they can identify with the sacrifice, right? So all of their sins, the sins of the people, the sins of the nation may be transferred onto the animal. It's also a command in Leviticus 1.4. It says, you shall lay your hands on the head of the burnt offering. It shall be acceptable on your behalf as atonement for you, right? Mm-hmm. So laying of hand is part of the atonement process in the Old Testament. But we know that atonement for us is through the blood of Christ. So this sort of laying of hand, this sort of practice of laying of hand, it's not applicable to us, right? This has ceased. So this, you know how people say tongues has ceased? Tongue hasn't ceased, but the laying of hand when oh. it comes to, the laying of hand when it comes to atonement, that has ceased. We do not, you do not, you never have to lay your hands on an animal so that your sins may be transferred. Your sin was already transferred onto Christ Jesus and he already paid for it, right? Past, present, and future sins. But for the Old Testament priest, they needed to lay their hands on an animal and a, a, a sacrifice when they, whenever they sacrifice. It's a process of identifying with that animal. It's a process of saying, okay, all of my sins now are going on to this, whatever sacrifice the animal is. So another reason why laying of hand was so important in the Israel history is that it's a way of atoning, right? So we know a laying of hand is a, a way of blessing. 
it's evoking God's blessing over over on the people. It's also a process of atonement in the Old Testament. But this sort of process is no longer applicable to us. Uh, so that's one way that we do not lay our hands on people in, in order for like sins to transfer and stuff. That's that's not that's not something that we do. We never have to do that. So if you have questions, um, or if this is a, the first time that you've you're hearing about this, we can talk through it. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first reason. Could you repeat it real quick? Yeah, first reason is to evoke God's blessing over the people. Yeah, okay. that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Second reason, it's a, it's a part of the process of atonement in the Old Testament. Pre-Christ Jesus, um, so pre-grace or salvation, whatever you want to call it. Makirole uh, says this, and then it's, we also know, we know that we're in the time of, uh, we're in the disposition of grace. Right, so before grace, there there needed to be sacrifice of innocent animal blood. In that way, they needed to transfer their sins onto the animal. Right, so it, it's that process, and that process laying of hand was very important in order for the sin to transfer. And I think it's important that we know that, though we we, we never have to practice this. It's part of our history, right? Like we're the new Israelites, but the old, the old Israelites they, they would know this, and and and, and the, they would recognize when Paul is talking about the laying of hands. They would say, "Ah, that's one way that our ancestors were um, made right with the Lord." So it's important that we also know that why it was so important when we talk about the laying of hands. Okay, the next section will be really long. <laughs> Sorry, but it, it's it's something that we did in the Old Testament. It's also something that we do in the New Testament. And it's the it's something we also do in government. Okay, it's not just biblical, but in the in the real world. I don't know if if you watched like supernatural shows, which probably you don't. But I think it's a supernatural scene where they they're like being chosen to do something, like to to go fight a war or something. And so they would take a sword and they would put them on their shoulder. It's a it's a way of ordaining them, like bringing them into that, that job or so. Um, so one way that in the, in the new church that people are ordained into a position or into a calling is by the laying of hands, and it's biblical. So in Leviticus, the Levites, the Levites. The priests, the Levites, yeah, mm. who are the priests of God. <laughs> the Lord tells them, right? The Lord says uh, for the Israelites to come out and to anoint the people by placing their hands upon their heads. So when you bring the the priest before the Lord, the Israelites are all supposed to come out, place their hands on the, the Levites, so that they may present them before the Lord as as an offering. That they will for like moving forward, they will lead the people of God. They will be serving in that position as a priest. So if you could turn to Numbers 8, 10 through 11. Ooh, number 7 is long. Okay, sorry. It's like 80, 89 verses. I need to read it. Read it. It's Numbers 8. 10 through 11. Numbers 8, 10 through 11. This is NKJV. So you shall bring the Levites before the Lord, and the children of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord, like a wave offering from the children of Israel, that they may perform the work of the Lord. Amen. So one way we use 
the laying of hands. So one way we're supposed to practice the laying of hands is we're ordaining someone. Ordainment is to basically declare someone as in, into a position or to, to give someone a position, right? Like, um, what's a better way of describing ordainment, Shadi? Better way? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the definition of putting, you know, putting, like, put someone in their place. What, what, I don't know. Yeah, it's reserving someone into a position or, like, making sure that it's publicly announcing that that person will be doing this job moving forward. So it's inauguration? one. Inauguration. <laughs> ordainment, right? There goes the government number. <laughs> And one way of ordaining someone biblically is to place your hands over that person. And we're going to read another passage. Actually, I don't want to make you read too many passages. So we're going to look at another passage where God, a, a person of the Lord, is being ordained. This is Moses, right? Moses, who's the follower of Moses? Like, who came right after Moses? Not Aaron. Aaron, Aaron was Joshua. Joshua. Thank you. I just wanted Esther. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. Right? Well. Chapter one, the Lord tells him, I will go forward with you, just as I was with like Moses and Aaron and stuff. Uh, so Joshua was the successor of Moses. Now, in Numbers 27, there's a biblical scene. There's a biblical narration of how Moses lays his hand over Joshua, right? Moses lays his hand over Joshua, who's the successor of Moses, and he places his hands on him by the authority of the Lord, right? The Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom the spirit is in, lay your hands upon him, have him and, and, and stand before Lazar, the priest and, the, and all the congregation. Commission him to his right or to his sight. You shall give him some of the authority, some of your authority, Moses' authority, so that all the congregation of Israel may obey. Mm. So this, this biblical narration of Joshua taking the place of Moses, the Lord is commanding Moses to place his hands over him and to ordain him, right? He says, ordain him into his sight or into his position so that Israel may obey him. So it's, we'll come back to this idea of God using people to sort of declare publicly, I will now be moving forward. I'll be working with this person. And one way that the Lord does this, is he orders another messenger to place their hands over them, right? To place their hands over them, to bless them. We said earlier, it's, it's a way of evoking God's blessing. It's also another way of ordaining someone in the kingdom of God. It's also a New Testament work, and we'll get to that when we study ordainment in the New Testament. So ordaining someone into a possession is to lay your hands on them when the God is commanding you to, right? God tells the, the people of the Israelites to come out and to pick the Levites, Levites, and then to place their hands on them and then to ordain them into their position, into their priesthood. And then God also commands Moses to go and pick Joshua Right? God already knows Joshua. And the, the, the specific verse I want you to focus on when we talk about Joshua is that God says, jo the, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit. Right? It's not that Moses is laying on his, his hands that sort of solidifies his relationship and his position with God. God already had that private, like that Joshua was already chosen by the Lord. Right? The spirit is already in Joshua. That's what the word of God says. But what Moses is doing is publicly ordaining him so that who can obey him? The Israelites may obey him, right? So that the people may obey him. Moses, who's, the, who's, the, who's a prophet of the Lord, who's, who's a great man, right? Like he, he wants Moses to ordain him. But the, bless, the placing of hand, that's not what declared Joshua as a man of God. 
Joshua was already a man of the Lord, right? The word of God says, a man whom the spirit isn't. What Moses is doing is publicly declaring that Joshua moving forward will be a leader of the Israelites so that Israel may obey, right? So if you are living in sin, someone coming and placing their hands on you will not sort of declare you new or like make new, right? Joshua was already a man in the Lord, in the spirit. The word of God says a man whom the spirit is in. But the placing of hand is the declaration of that person. And it's sort of solidifying what he already has in private, what he already confirmed with the Lord in private, that he would be a leader of Israelites. What Moses is doing publicly, though, is it's the public recognition of what he's called to do. But another important concept here is that the word of God says, the Lord is telling Moses, he says, place your hand on him so that you shall give him some of your authority. Right? So there's a transferring of authority here by the placing of hands. We said that placing of hand one way is to evoke the blessing of the Lord onto people, right? It's another way is for the sin to transfer from the people of God onto the, the sacrifice. And we said it's ordaining someone into a position. We saw that with the priests and we're seeing it with Joshua, but another is, is the transferring of power. It's the transferring of whatever God is doing in this first one. Makhi said it's breaking up and we can barely hear him so sorry. Is it with you guys? Uh, no, I, you're clear for me right now. Okay. Sorry, Makhi. Sikhi said I can hear you. Okay. So it's, it's, it's the transferring of authority, right? So it's, I'm sorry, let me burp real quick. <laughs> I had tea right before this. Okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. There's a lot of reasons why we place our hands on people. So if you're taking notes, keep up for me so you can like give them a summary. It's a long list, but oh. it's, we, it's the transfer. <laughs> now he's taking it. It's the oh, trans- okay. sin from the people and the priest onto the animal, the evoking blessing. And now we're seeing the transferring of authority and power. Now, if you turn to Deuteronomy 30, 34 verse nine, it states that in, 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 um, the spirit of wisdom was transferred from Moses to Joshua. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him and the Israelites obeyed him. So when we when we read Numbers 27, 18 through 20, we know that when Moses laid his hands on Joshua, there was power being transferred, right? By the laying of hands, there is the spirit of the Lord being transferred from Moses to Joshua. But Deuteronomy 34, 9 tells us there is a specific gift being transferred from Moses to Joshua. Right? So in that moment when God said, I want you to give him some of your authority, it's that the spirit of wisdom is being transferred. So the laying of hands, when God, when there's purpose, when God is making, so like every time you lay your hands on someone, this is, I want you to get this right. It doesn't mean that something from you, especially a gift or a power is being transferred onto the person. We'll look, we'll like, because we're setting so many different reasons why we lay hands on people and we'll get to the laying of this when you lay your hands on people, the spirit of God does get transferred, which is in the New Testament. This is not Old Testament concept, so we'll, we'll get to that. But when God actually commands you to lay your hands on someone and he says for your, your authority to transfer, there are specific gifts being transferred. Does that make sense? Like if I have the spirit of uh, wisdom, amen, and God tells me to go lay my hands on Nardi for the spirit to be transferred, in that moment, the gift of wisdom could be transferred from me to Nardi. But I'm not the one giving the, the gift. I want, you to, like, I want you to understand that. Me laying on the hands is not why Nardi is receiving the gift. It's the Lord is giving her the gift. 
right? Moses, God commands Moses to lay your hands on him so some of your gifts may be transferred, right? Like he's operating on God's command. He's operating on what God wants to do in that moment. God wants the, 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 the spirit of wisdom to be transferred from Moses to Joshua, right? So I can't walk around, or God can't walk around touching everybody going, ah, spirit of wisdom, be transferred. It's God is the one giving the spirit of wisdom. Yeah, but God also works in ways where you, when you lay your hands on someone, that, that, that could happen. Does that make sense? Like the, the, the spirit of wisdom may be transferred when God commands you to lay your hands on someone. It's not the act of laying your hands. It's the God is giving gifts while laying your hands. I want, I, I, I don't know if my words are clear enough, but if you have questions, we can pause here and we can talk about it. So you're right? saying it's not that it's coming out of you and to them to where you're losing it? Yeah, you're not losing it. So what I'm okay. Saying, okay. Okay. Remember, we're, we're studying many reasons why we would, lay, we would lay our hands on people, right? So this story tells us you can ordain someone into a position, right? Like you can publicly say, the Lord has chosen this person into this position. I'm laying my hands on them. I'm blessing them. They are forward, moving forward. They are ordained into this position, right? Like the people of God can ordain someone into a position, and you can confirm that the blessing and that the anointing of a person by laying your hands publicly. But when it comes to transfer of gifts, the wisdom of the spirit is a gift that Moses had, right? God told him to lay your hands so your gifts may be transferred. Who's commanding for the gift to be transferred in this moment? God, right? So I can't wake up tomorrow morning and go, I'm going to go lay my hands on Sikit so she may have the gift of healing. Who gives the gift? God. Did God tell me to go give Sikit a gift of healing? Like, no, I'm just waking up saying, I'm going to go lay my hands on Sikit so she may have the gift. Of, it's unless God ordained you to, to do so, that gift, like your gift is not going to be transferred onto someone else. God does the gift giving. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. We can stop here and we can keep talking. Other people may, if you want to chime in. Okay, so we know that in Deuteronomy 34, 9, the wisdom that is transferred here or the authority that is transferred from Moses to Joshua is the wisdom, is the spirit of wisdom. So the Israelites may obey him, right? Okay, so the, the, the laying of hands, um, that is the act of a person who has the spirit to give additional gifts to someone else as God gives them the authority, right? Like who's giving the gift, God is giving the gift. Okay. But Maclid has mentioned this the first time we talked about the laying of hands. The laying of hand indicates the transfer of authority. And we see that from the authority that is being transferred from Moses to Joshua. But it's also important that we know that jo Joshua was a, a man that the, the word of God says the spirit was already in him. Right? The, the, this is a man who already had the spirit of God in private, who knew the Lord. What Moses is doing is just publicly recognizing what God is doing in him. So when we come to New Testament, the first, it's the most easy one to, to get out of the way. So I'm going to get this one out of the way so we can come back to the idea of like spirit being transferred when you're laying hands. The idea of you ordaining someone into position because it is also a New Testament topic. We'll spend more time on that one, but I want to get this one out of the way. It's the idea of healing. Healing when you lay your hands on someone. Right? So uh, Jesus, this is Mark chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Jesus could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he cured them 
Um, and then there's Mark 5.23, you want to write it down, 7.32, Mark's chapter 6, 16.18, Luke 4.40, like all the passage that I just mentioned, including Luke 13, thir verse 13, these are all passages where Christ is laying his hands on people and he's healing them. Mm. So there is healing being transferred in the moment where Christ is praying some, for someone who's laying their hands on them. Um, and, and I've also said this before, it's also part of the way that Christ sort of dignify, dignifies people, right? Like there are people who are casted out of the community because they're sick and people don't want to touch them. They do not want to associate with them. When Christ shows up and he lays their hand on, he lays his hands on them, it's a way of saying that Christ sees the personhood in that person, right? He, he's saying, I see you, like I love you, you're my child. I will touch you. Like imagine never being hugged, never being touched by someone, and Christ comes into that situation and he places his hand on you, right? It's, it's, it's an act of mercy at the same time. Another passage, um, Ananias. I love Ananias. It's when he lays his hands on Paul because Paul has lost his sight. And it's in Acts chapter 9, 12. And he's hiding, you know, he's, he just finds out that he's persecuting Christ. Christ shows up and he says, why are you persecuting me, Paul? Um, and, and, and so he's hiding away from Christ right now. Yeah, and he's like, he can't see. Well, he's not hiding away. That's what the Lord tells him, you know. But he, he can't see right now. So Ananias shows up, uh, and the word of God says, I have shown him, a, well, Acts nine twelve says, I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming and laying hands on him so he can see. So we know that the laying of hands by Ananias gives Paul his sight, right? So the Lord had shown him a vision of him laying hands on him so that he may see. Acts 28, 8 also says, by the laying of hands, Paul healed the father of, oh, dang it, Pelvius, someone. <laughs> so it was important that like Paul laying his hands on him while he was sick in bed with fever. Uh, he was cured and he played, he prayed for him and he placed his hands on him and he was cured. So there's healing when, when you lay your hands on someone. And then Acts 5.12, the apostles purport, performed signs and wonders and healings by the imposition of hands. So many signs were being done, wonders, because people, like the, the apostles are going and laying their hands on people and praying for them, right? So there's healing happening because of the transferring of authority and, and, and the spirit of the Lord when you're laying hands on someone, right? So for the purpose of healing, you lay your hands on people. Amen. I don't know if this, this is not controversial, so we're going to move on from it. It's controversial? It's not. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh. So in the New Testament, the first way that we see people laying hands is healing. Amen. And the second way that we see the laying of hands in the New Testament, which is my favorite reason, is for the transferring of the Holy Spirit, which is not Old Testament doctrine so this is not this didn't happen in the old testament we talked about the authority uh, that transferred from moses to joshua but the holy spirit did not transfer from moses to joshua why because the holy spirit in the way where he dwelled inside a person where he made his his dwelling inside a human didn't happen in the old testament right like mm -hmm. holy spirit didn't live inside of me and you um, he lived in the temple or the, the spirit of the lord was in the temple or yeah. the tabernacle right and the Ark of the Lord and, and, and stuff like that. So, but New Testament, I always like to think of it this way. God, Solomon, Solomon made a beautiful temple for the Lord. He spent seven years and 
it wasn't like the word of God says in Isaiah 66, he says that the, the heavens are my throne, the sky, the, the earth is my footstool. What sort of home, like what sort of dwelling could you possibly make for me with your hands? So that the Lord searched, searched, and he finally just found us in Christ Jesus and he made his dwelling in us. So um, in the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. So therefore it makes sense when the Holy Spirit transfers from me to Nardi or from Nardi to me, because he dwells in me and me and Nardi and Siket and, 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 and you Shadi and everybody else here. So Acts chapter 8, 17 tells us, then Peter and, uh, and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And Acts 19, 6 tells us when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So it's this Holy Spirit being transferred by the laying of hands. So when you're praying with your brothers and sisters, the laying of hands could means that the Holy Spirit is being transferred from one to another. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go right back to ordainment. Wait, wait, wait. For the transferring of the Holy Spirit, did you say uh, where in the Bible that was an example in the New Testament? Yeah. Acts 8 and then Acts 19. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's an act. I just, I just realized what acts was. It's all in acts. Okay. No ordainment. We're gonna, we're gonna be in ordainment for a while. So we're going back to the, the. I think the third reason in the Old Testament, because it's also a New Testament um, message to ordain someone into a position. We don't do that enough here. Actually, right before I, I was, as I was studying for today's Bible study. I watched uh, Leso's last day at his church. I really wanted to play a clip of it. It's his pastor laying his hands on him and praying him and blessing him in front of the people. And you just see everything of what we talked about happening in that moment. I really wanted to show you all a clip, but um, if you want, I'll send you the link at then. I don't know if he wants me to be sharing him getting blessed by us. It was, I almost cried. It was, it was really nice. Uh, and so his pastor also talks about the authority of laying his hands in that moment. So I thought that was really interesting. So. The Church of Antioch uh, is, you know, the church in the Antioch, and the, not not our neighborhood, but the biblical Antioch. It's not our neighborhood. Uh, oof, imagine. There is the laying of hand there. The people of the the, 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 the Church of Antioch, they do they? We know it's not true. <laughs> not funny. You're not even here. You're not even here. You're in That's a good one. So let's turn to Acts chapter thirteen. Mm-hmm. Nardi can't see, so I... <laughs> Noah, can you turn to Acts chapter 13, 3? Give me one second. Oh, it's Saul, as in Paul. Sorry. You said yeah. Acts what? Acts chapter 13, 3. Yeah, we love Barnabas, don't we? Why don't we love... Yes. <laughs> you said name. Acts thirteen three. Yes. Okay. What did I just say? Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and set them off. Oh, thank you. So there's seven men in Acts chapter 13, 30, uh, and they were selected because of their love for Christ, love for the church and the people in Christ, right? And, and, and the 12 apostles, they pray for them, they place their hands on them, and they ordain them into a 
Christian service. They've ordained them into a service. And Stephen, I believe, is here too. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Because Stephen, I think, is chapter 7. Never mind. Never mind. He might be, like, back back there. So in Acts chapter 13, 3, the church in Antioch is commissioning Paul and Barnabas for ministry work. I'm so sorry. I got my notes wrong. So the seven men, it's in, it's, I think it's Stephen, when they're ordaining them into a position of taking care of the women and the children. But Acts chapter 13, 3 is talking about Paul and Barnabas being ordained into ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the church of Antioch, hopefully that didn't make anybody confused. So the church of Antioch, we like Antioch, is ordaining Paul and Barnabas into a missionary work. Right, so these men are to go out of the church of Antioch and to minister to the people of God to the ends of the earth. So what the church does here is they lay their hands on them, they pray for them, and they, they ordain them. The word of God said then, they, then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So as I was watching the video of um, Leso in his last day at church, his pastor talks about this passage in, in Antioch, right, where the people of the Lord, the church, specifically the church, prays for and blesses his Barnabas and, and Paul and sends them out. And that's what was happening in the moment where Lisa was getting ready to come to us. His pastor brings him out and the people of that church, they, they, they are praying for him. The pastor has his hands on his head, but the people have their hands uh, extended out and they're praying for them and they're blessing him, right? And that's what the church is supposed to do, especially when you're going into ministry and, and, and that's when you're going into your calling, especially when you're leaving the church, it looks like, Barnabas and Paul are leaving them, right? Essentially, the, the work of ministry or the work of missionary means they're leaving their church. And the word of God also says they sent them off. So when they're leaving, they're departing away from the church. The act of laying of hands and blessing them, because remember, first reason is the evoking of the blessing of the Lord uh, is happening here. And we saw that with our brother, Lisa. So cute. Also, guys, I'm going to send you the video. So by the, by the laying of hands, the apostles and the leaders were showing that they made an offering to God of the people whom they're admitting into the ministry. So when the, when the pastor or the elders are placing their hands over these Paul and, and, and Barnabas, what they're doing is that they are showing that they have ordained these people and, and they're offering them over to the Lord and saying, God, I give you these people for this specific ministry. I give you these people for missionary ministries. I give you these people for teaching. I give you these people for whatever ministry they're going into. They're, they're ordaining them into that ministry and offering them off to the Lord. In the Old Testament, we saw that with the Leviat. We saw that the, the priest. <laughs> know that if my voice is going down, it's because I don't know how to pronounce the word. And then we also saw that with, <laughs> we also saw that with Joshua, right? When, when, uh, when Moses is ordaining him into his position so that the Israelites may respect him or listen to him. So uh, it happens when, when someone's being offered to God for a specific calling, for a specific purpose. And that's what the church is supposed to do, especially when they're being sent away. Welcome back, Abba. I think he has to connect this audio. Oh, okay. So, and the second reason, second reason in the New Testament Third reason, I'm sorry, I need to keep up with my, yeah, am I keeping up with my list? My fourth reason in the New Testament. Oh. <laughs> no, there's a lot of reasons why we should lay hands, or maybe we should, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so this, the, the fourth reason why the laying of hand is important is to rekindle the gift. After I read this, I spent a couple of minutes just in prayer, 
uh, it's Second Timothy verse chapter one verse six, and it says, "For the reason I, I I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in, that is within you through the laying on of hands." That's weird, weird wording, right? So in order to rekindle the gift that God has placed in you, the laying of hand is part of that process. When you feel disconnected from God, or when you feel like, uh, I don't want to say when you feel like you haven't been your best. If you haven't been your best, repent. But uh, it's the idea of rekindling your, your, your gift, right? The gift that God has placed in you. It's the idea of rekindling that is to lay your hands and to pray over that person. It's, it's also a biblical concept because um, it tells us in Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, to, in order to rekindle your gift, the laying of hand is part of that process. Okay. We will go into warning against the laying of hands, where we should not be laying hands. It's very short. Is it demon but, possession? No, it's not. Oh. I didn't find anywhere in the Bible where it talks about not to lay hands when in times of demon possession. But I, I think when we talk about the, the concept of transferring of spirits, I, um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. Let's <laughs> not say anything about it. The word, the context, yeah. But yeah. You know, the, the spirit of God does get transferred in the moments when you are laying your hands on people. Comments and concerns before I go into warning against the laying of hands. And then we can have discussion about each section very quickly about why we lay hands. Okay. Warning against the laying of hand. Okay. In the New Testament, we know that the laying of hand is for healing. We know that it's to rekindle gifts. We know that it's to ordain people into a position. And we know that is for the transferring of the Holy, the, the, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the ordaining people onto a position, I really, I, there's a word of God where there's a warning against it. Now, Paul is writing to Timothy, a young, you know, a young minister, like every single person on this Zoom call, right? Every single person here serves the Lord some, in, 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 in different forms in the church, so. This is so applicable to each and every single one of us, this warning. And this is what Paul tells him, 1 Timothy 5.22. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share another's sin. Keep yourself pure. Wait, sorry, you said 1 Timothy? 5.22. So Paul tells Timothy, do not lay your hands on anyone hastily, meaning don't be so quick to lay your hands on someone. Don't run into placing your hands on someone, right? Why? Because we talked about the being of hand, is a, especially in the church, is the process of ordaining someone into that ministry. It's offering that person to God for a specific calling, for a specific ministry. So Paul is warning him, saying, do not be quick to lay your, your hands on someone, right? Be warned, do not do this, because it's very important. When you lay your hands on someone, it's so important Without a, just don't go around laying your, laying your hands on someone. It is for the all like for, it is for all the more reasons to be more careful when you lay hands on someone because it's it's for the purpose of ordainment. It's for the purpose of demonstrating someone and, and ordaining someone into a calling. And it makes sense why Paul is warning, setting. Uh, there is a light this whole time. Oh my God! There was a light. So it makes sense why Paul is telling Timothy to be very careful. Because Timothy is one, what? He's pretty young, right? He's, he's probably around our age. I'm not going to assume. 
because their their idea of young is forty five. I'm kidding, but he's probably pretty young. So, <laughs> and young men, what do we do? We we run into things, right? We are so eager. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone being filled with the Holy Spirit, we see someone being excited about God. We just want to run and tell, like, we want to confirm everything over them, right? We want to tell them, "You are anointed. You are called. You got this." And it's almost, it's like we're impatient about it. But Paul tells them, be careful. Don't, don't run it, hurry off and sort of give away God's work. That's, like, that's exactly what it translates to, especially if you're ordaining someone into a specific work. Um, he wants them to be careful, right? Uh, and, and he wants the church and he wants the, the leaders to recognize God's calling over the people that Timothy is ordaining. So... Uh, wait and be careful and because and, 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 it could be dangerous for Timothy or even us to run around and, and, and anoint people or to ordain people or to lay our hands on people and, and confirm what God had been confirmed to us, right? Is that eagerness and that youth, like that youth mindset of like, I really want to do this could be dangerous and deadly, especially when you're working with something so important of, of the Lord in the house of God. Um, so that's the only warning. There could be more of this, but that's the only warning I found against selling a fan is to not do it hastily or to not run into it, to, to, to be patient with it and to for you to have a, an actual order from the Lord to do so, um, when, especially when it comes to ordaining, right? Mm-hmm. So talk about ordaining is to sort of position someone into a calling or to ordain someone into a calling. I think I feel like using ordain and to explain what ordaining someone means is probably not the best, right? But it's basically to reserve a position for someone. So, sorry, that was not for us. So, I'm gonna try to recap the list of reasons why we should lay hands and, and, and the warning. First is to evoke God's blessing over people. Second uh, is in the Old Testament, it's a way, it's a process of atonement. It's when the sins of the people of God and the priest or their sins of man being transferred onto the animal that is being sacrificed. Third is ordainment, both in the Old Testament, ordaining priests into position, um, God's authority being transferred, right? Moses to Joshua, God's God's gift being transferred in them. I, I, I really find the idea of gifts being transferred when God commands, you know, for, for the gift to be transferred. I, I found that, I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, oh, his gift was transferred? I was, Shadi, I was not scared that my gift would be transferred into someone else and mine wouldn't exist thing, but I was, I, I just thought that was cool. Uh, yeah, so we said authority or gift and, 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 and in the New Testament, we see healing, right? We lay hands for the purpose of healing. We lay hands for the transferring of the Holy Spirit, um, for, for the Spirit of God to, to be transferred onto someone else. It's also a process that the church does to ordain people unto ministry, to callings. Uh, we see that with Paul and Barnabas, when people are being sent away, especially out of the church, for whatever reason it may be. Um, and also rekindling the gift. I think this is so important to remember that the laying of hand is also used in, in when it comes to rekindling your gift with the Lord. A warning against the laying of hand is don't do it quickly or don't don't run into laying your hands on people. Um, it's a biblical warning, so be warned. I warned you. I think that's how Barnabas was saying. Okay, Paul would say. Wait, that was... I guess it wasn't a discussion after all. I'm so sorry. 
It's okay. no, no. Okay. I actually didn't know that this was so important. So yeah. I'm just taking it in right now. I can't really form any opinions on it if I haven't, you know, actually known about it and looked at it. So this is good that it was a lesson. I'm, it, I didn't plan it to be a lesson, but as I was studying it, I was sitting there going, huh, I didn't know this. So much. Um. Now, are you processing? Why are you looking up on the seat? I'm looking at, I have two screens. You're on mute. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I have two screens. So I have a screen right here and then I have a screen right there. So I'm like looking no, you're at you're looking at your screen. Okay. <gasps> now, any common concerns uh, or anything else good. or anything you want to add? There's nothing I. Wait, but I will say yeah. that. What? Go ahead, Noah. No, I was gonna say that. I mean, very similar to what Shadi said. Uh, I really don't have an opinion of this. This is something that I'm still like quite new to. I mean, I've seen it done before. I've seen why it's been done, but as far as like the reason behind it, I'm still quite pretty much processing everything as well. So it, this is quite a a new territory for me. That makes sense. Yeah. Nothing new to add, but can you guys hear me? <laughs> yes, you are. You can be heard. You can scream a little bit more though. I can scream a little bit. You want, have to scream? No, you're good. I mean, they can hear you. Okay. I just, um, I don't know if anyone knows this, but Ruka knows this. I am very um, reserved when it comes to laying my hand on anyone. When it comes to prayer, it has to be like, if the spirit has to lead me for me to lay hand on anyone. But I didn't know the background behind it. I just did it because the spirit told me, but I never like investigate why can I not lay my hand on everybody else, but now I know. So yeah. Yeah. It's important to, to, to know that the word of God says not to hurry into things. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's, it's when you lay your hands on people, like we said, you're sort of publicly ordaining that person into a calling or a position for the transferring of the spirit. So, um, Turn your ringer off. I'm so sorry, Mookie. If I turn my ringer off, I would have to like put myself completely on mute. And Yabby's texting in the group chat. So going back to what I was saying. Um, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> yes, but it is also for the transferring of the Holy Spirit. So um, in a sense, we mm -hmm. are sort of talking to laying our hands on people. Is it uh, a very similar to like like the laying of hands, can you put that in the same area as like baptism? No. Uh, we as in like a public, like, like whenever you lay your hands, you're ordaining them into something or put like tell Ooh, them to go yeah, out. Yeah, I, I like that. And, like, and baptism is I also like a public like decoration as well. That, that's what I'm trying to yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I like I like that wording. So we talked about baptism last week, which I'm not gonna lie, it was one of my favorite Bible studies, mainly because everybody was talking, right? <laughs> and baptism was it was a tricky. <laughs> it was it was really good. We had everybody had a really good discussion. So we, last week we talked about why baptism is so significant. One, it's publicly announcing that we are for with God and we're no longer of the world, right? Um, one way, one one, but it's not the spiritual significance of baptism we said that the spiritual significance of baptism as paul tells us in romans is that we are dying we are being buried with christ jesus so it's us joining him in the process of you know death burial and resurrection so it's that process of it's, it's us identifying in his burial uh but in the, in the when noah is saying is because baptism is a public declaration of our longing to jesus in the same manner, the laying of hand is the public announcing of a person into a position, right? Like Moses does the same with Josh, Joshua, so that Israelites may listen to him. Uh, and, and so in the same mm-hmm. way, in the New Testament, Paul and Barnabas are laid hands so that the church would recognize that they are going into the ministry of missionary work, right? So, yes, it is a public announcing and recognition of someone's calling and someone's position into, into whatever calling they're, they're going into. So, absolutely, I agree. In the, in the sense of public recognition and announcement, it's very similar to baptism. Okay, yeah, that, that's, that was one more question. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And then when you were talking about um, reconciliation, like how the language of hands is reconciliation. Yeah. Are you saying, were you saying that the reconciliation was somebody else speaking or someone else, like that's a vessel for God, for reconciliation between that person and God? Or are you saying... Atonement. The Mm -hmm. word I used, I believe, is atonement. She's talking about the rekindling. Rekindling? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, that one. Reconciliation, I don't think I mentioned Yeah. Reconciliation does not happen with that either. But the rekindling of gift, I want to read that specific uh-huh. because I think it's, it's, it's it, you're right, it's, it's, it's important to know whether or not Paul is talking about somebody laying their hands on you or you yourself laying your hands on yourself. You know, I do that sometimes. I'm like, God, can you please rekindle? I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is what it says word for word. Second Timothy verse one, chapter one, verse six, it says, for the reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is with you, that is with you through the laying on of my hands. So it sounds like the writer, whom I assume is Paul, or, you know, Timothy. Second Timothy is written by Paul. Paul is saying, by my laying of hands on you, Timothy, on this receiver, Timothy, uh, may your gift be rekindled. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. As he says, for the reason I remind you, you, the person getting there, you know, you're getting laid on, to rekindle the gift of, mm-hmm. of God through the laying of my hands. Let's say I have rekindling this to, to sort of um, resurrect something, right? It's, it's, it's the idea Ooh. of refreshing, refreshing something. Rekindling, right? It's not the beginning, it's not the start, but it's it's the refreshing of something. So if I'm my if I let's say have forgotten my gift or have walked away from my gift, for Nardi to come and place her hand over me, pray for me, and say, May the Lord rekindle your gift, in that moment, 
what Nidi is doing is, is she's reminding me to rekindle my gift. And I believe that's what Paul is doing to Timothy. And we're reading this in Second Timothy. So uh, maybe Paul is actually writing in my second letter saying, hey, I want you to re- rekindle what God is doing in you for some Timothy years. I don't know. But the idea is that re- there, that refreshment happens in the laying of hands as well. Oh, my book is this. Uh, I remember you, you took that into <laughs> the flame, the gift of God. Yes, yeah, so in Nardi's book, it talks about uh, to fan the flame of the gift of God. So you're fanning the flame of the, 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 of, of the yeah. spirit of in you by the laying of hands, the rekindling of gifts. So that's mm-hmm. one way meant. There you go. So tonight, lay your hands on yourself, Kimmy. <laughs> lay yourself down. God. Lord, we can know my gift. Amen. Not my computer heating up. It sounds like a motor engine. Stop. <laughs> Sorry, it's making everything glitch. You guys are glitching on my end. Anything to add on the laying of hands? I'm cold. Yeah. I'll say something real quick, even though I like I missed most of it. Sorry, guys. You're good. But um, I liked how you talked about whenever you said um, you were talking about how to not go east because like. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's it's true, right? Don't go, you know, hastily going to random people and just laying your hands, right? But um, you can also take in the perspective. Don't let that stop you from, you know, going and laying your hands on somebody. You might be like, oh wait, but what if it's like my own desire and not, you know, what the Lord is like planning? Because like many people, like you know, it's true. Don't take it hastily. Don't go quickly and just lay your hands on people. But um, also taking into the perspective of saying like, don't. Don't say, okay, because God said, don't, you know, because God said, don't uh, quickly go and lay your hands on somebody. That doesn't mean don't lay your hands at all. Right. So, so like, if you know that you you might think it's your own desire, but in reality, you know, it can be the spirit giving you that desire. So that's how when you go out. So don't, don't let the fact that, you know, he says, you know, don't go laying your hands on everybody stop you from the fact that, because like you, you could be changing someone's life with that. And so it's, it's, it's serious. It's something to not be taken lightly and uh, yeah. just don't let it stop you from, you know, fulfilling what was meant to be done. And it, it's so important that we know the context that Paul is writing to Timothy, right? We said that earlier, Paul is telling, warning him against ordaining people into ministry right? Especially in the house of the Lord. He says, don't be hasty. Don't run into ordaining people into a position. But it's important that we lay hands on people because of the transferring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's two different concepts. You laying your hands and to, or- to ordain someone into ministry and you laying hands on someone so the Spirit of the Lord may be transferred to a different concept. Does that make sense? There's a whole process when it comes to ordaining people into ministry and that's what Timothy is being warned warned against, right? So what me and you are being warned against is the same concept of wanting to ordain someone into like, if I, if I come over tomorrow to an RD and say, I'm going to lay my hands on you, pray for you, you're going to be a full-time minister? That's what Paul is warning against. But me in prayer, laying hands on with an RD and praying with her, that's a different concept. Mm. Yeah, so I absolutely agree with Bob. I think it's important that we, we don't 
mishear everything and say, oh, but Paul said, don't touch nobody. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch them if they have COVID, though. <laughs> Chadi, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just sleepy right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Girl, you're on spring break. Some people went to school today. That's, I'm, I'm just as confused. I'm just as confused. Uh, all right. I can uh, say something. Yes. I was going to call on you anyways. Um, I like how you mentioned about Leso and his pastor praying for him and over him. Um, Cousin Timothy, it talks about the laying of the hands of the elders, of the eldership. And just a statement. But I like that. And I wish and um, I want more of that, of like our elders and our um, people who have been in the faith who have been pioneers, whether it be in ministry or just mothers and fathers in the faith, because there really is a mantle over them too. And, yeah. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. Especially because um, I'm just stating these over and over again so you, you guys can remember it in the long run as well. Part of the laying of hand is evoking God's blessing over people. Um, I wish that happened often where young youth or whoever it is in the house of the Lord were being blessed by the laying of hands, right? Like, it doesn't have to be that the transferring of gift is happening or I'm gaining a new spiritual gift. It could just be that someone is blessing you over your education or, or ministry or life. That idea of the elder blessing their children, I think it's so important. Um, when we look at Israel or Jacob blessing um, Joseph's kids, his grandkids, uh, maybe we should go around asking our parents to bless them. Okay. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page. I don't have any questions prepared. Um, though it was a discussion. probably finish my prayer or let's pray and finish not we should probably let's pray and finish and then um i think sakiti is teaching next week um. <laughs> <laughs> uh and i believe it is um about the resurrection of the dead 